0: Podcasts. All right, we're back with author Jeff Perlman, author of The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. Uh, but then we fast forward now, uh, Jeff, to to the, his football career. The Raiders take him in the draft. Uh, but he, there's a wrinkle there, right? So Al Davis, of course, always, as you know, uh, was, was hot after the best talent he could get. It didn't matter who it was. Uh, and Bo Jackson clearly falls to them uh, late in the draft. Then... Um, Bo wants to play both sports though. Right. So Al Davis tells him, well, what does what Al day when he comes in and says, I want to play baseball too. Al Davis doesn't care. Right.
1: I mean, he'd prefer he play football year round, but the idea <laughs> yeah. was, all right. You know, that's cool. I mean, if you think about it, not necessarily personality wise, because Bo was kind of quiet and prickly, but like yeah. Bo is the Bo is he's in that line with the Matuzaks and the Alzedos yes. and the Lester Hayes where, he was sort of a creative signing. And Al Davis said to him, just when baseball season's over, just come take two weeks off, come play with us the rest of the season. That's cool. And when you know, it's funny because Bo Jackson, when he agreed to play with the Raiders and he had a press conference, he said, um, it's my hobby, it's going to be my hobby. <laughs> and that went over like a fart in the room with both sure. sports. I mean, with the Royal, the Royal players were furious because a lot of these guys couldn't play basketball in the offseason like contractually he couldn't go jet skiing couldn't and we're gonna let this guy play in the NFL and for Raider players it's a hobby really what I do <laughs> that's a hobby that's how you see us so when Bo showed up with the Raiders he was not walking in this super friendly territory
0: yeah yeah and then I mean and then he gets there and and there are some players who warm to him and 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 sort of uh, understand what they see when they see him out there performing. But even even in, in as a professional in the NFL, he did not want to take part in uh, drills. It's not like and even baseball, he didn't show up to early spring training. None of that. He just kind of wanted to get out there and perform. On the football side of things, and especially with the Raiders, uh, we saw what he was able to do. Of course, there's so many seminal moments. I mean, there's there's not a hundred of them like there are some for some players who played a lot longer. But Bo Jackson, the Monday Night Football game in Seattle, the Brian Bosworth trucking, all that stuff just plays into that folklore of Bo Jackson, but as a football player and as is in his time in the Raider at the Raiders, um, what did, what could he have been Jeff? Had he maybe done one sport or had he put in more time? Do we know that? Is it part of the folklore that we guess what it could have been?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if he had been a full-time football player, I think he's in that Jim Brown, Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton echelon. I really do. I mean, there are people I talk to who swear he would have been the greatest football player who ever lived. If you look at the combination of speed, strength, agility. And when you talk to people in baseball, they say if he had played baseball full-time and never touched football, never went to the Raiders, he had Mike Trout, Mickey Mantle, Roberto Clemente talent. Like he was that level. Yes. Um, The problem is he never could have become both. because He couldn't become (laughs) both playing two sports. Just not, you know, he needed development, he needed time more in baseball than football. I think he could have jumped into the NFL immediately and been a super-duper star. Um, but you know what? I will say one thing. I don't think people always say like, is it a shame? Like, is it a shame? Oh, it's such a shame. It's so sad. I don't see it that way. I like, all right. So let's say he goes in the NFL Hall of Fame. Okay, cool. He has a bust in a museum and we go see it and we say, oh, that's Bo Jackson. <laughs> but right now we're having this conversation because we're talking about a guy who did something no one else did. And he did right. something. at such a ludicrously high level. And his leg. if he had just played football, he would have gone, all right, he would have gone down as a great football player. If he played baseball, he would have gone down as a great baseball player. We're now talking about a guy who, again, I'll make this argument, is probably the greatest athlete who's ever walked the earth. And we wouldn't be making that argument if he only played one sport.
0: No, agreed. And I mean, you you talk about that football side. And, and one of the things that I'm struck by, and reading your book, too, was His attitude towards all of this, right? Which is, some people would look at it as um, not even cocky, just kind of like he just doesn't care. Uh, and he doesn't in many ways. He 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 accomplished what he wanted to do. He's got a great life you outline in the book. You talk about it. I know you talked to him before the book. He didn't want to take part in it because that's not who he is. But he was fine with you writing it. And um, he lives this great life. He does his hunting. He's got his business ventures that he's been involved with, his charity work, all that stuff. But that's one of the things that I took away from your book that I think we could apply. All of us could apply more in our lives, Jeff, which is who cares what people think? Just do do what you want to do, love what you want to do, and focus on your family. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters most to Bo Jackson is his family.
1: One hundred percent. And I, you will never see that guy on TV criticizing Josh Jacobs. Never. Right. Like right. it's just not him. It's not. It's not in his DNA. It's not who he is. He doesn't want that. Um, I think he always had a really good understanding of the fleeting nature of sports and I also don't think he's a guy who really ever wanted to live in the past who wanted to tell he's not a guy who wants to tell the story of Monday Night Football a million times he doesn't want to make that a cottage industry Um, and I respect that and also it makes for a million times better book like I really (laughs) there's a reason I didn't write the Marcus Allen biography because we know how it ended and that's cool and it's fine we know how it ended here and we see Marcus Allen still. He does events, and you'll see him at a Raider thing, and blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. Bo Jackson vanished. He's a ghost. He is gone. You'll see him every now and then, but he's basically a ghost. He stopped playing in 1994. He did not come to spring training the next year. He was done. He was off somewhere fishing by himself. He is a ghost. That's what's cool about him.
0: Yeah, no question. And I think that that, that lesson, too, of, of just being able to walk away from it, because – uh, this is a guy who w- loved challenges, right? He he wanted to do what he wanted to do, and he didn't really care like the Hall of Fame, all that stuff. He he doesn't care about that stuff. He doesn't. He really doesn't. And when you oh come on, because you and I, especially you and your long career, you've been around a lot of athletes, and you know what I mean when I tell you, you get around some of these older athletes who've since retired, and they don't want to let go of it. They want to continue to live it, and you know some of them do it well. They're they're ambassadors. They do all kinds of great things. So I'm not criticizing them, but Bo Jackson, he he has that ability. Which uh, if we could all do that in some ways, uh, we would live happier lives because he's able to just move on to what he believes is important in his life.
1: I actually envy him in that way. I really do. I um, sometimes I feel like my love of nostalgia mm. is a is a crutch, is a cripple, is a a a negative more than a positive. Like I would love to just have a moment in life, move on, not thinking about the past, just move on, move on, move on next, next. What am I looking forward to? Um, It wouldn't make my books probably as interesting because it's based in nostalgia, but I do admire and envy people who are able to, all right, I did this. I'm done with that. I'm just moving on to the next thing. I think it's very, very unique, especially in sports. I mean, one of the haunting natures of sports and something that really damns a lot of athletes is, your greatest stories come from when you're 28 and they come from something you can never do again. Right. And I can understand why you're lassoed with that and why you feel like you need to keep holding on to that, but he somehow doesn't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a great book. uh, And it talks about life as like a football game in four quarters, right? And you have four quarters to your life, your, your fourth quarter kind of being as you get late fifties into your sixties and how there's, meaning and importance in each of those quarters. And you don't want to go back and remember the third or the second quarter other than lessons you learned, right? You learn lessons from those, but moving, it's always about moving forward in that next phase. And you're right. So, so I too share that as a lesson that I could take and, and and hopefully instill in my life. The one thing I want to just jump back on before I let you go, Jeff, and thank you so much for being generous with your time is uh, the injury. So Bo Jackson, the playoff game with the Raiders against the Bengals, um, the injury, I don't think still a lot of the fans who listen to our show and follow the Raiders understand how bad that injury was. He even took criticism about being soft and not getting back on the field the next week. Talk about that injury and and how, it cha- or how bad it was, and frankly, how the Raiders mishandled it at the time.
1: Well, it was really bad. It came in the playoff games, third quarter, Raiders-Bangos at the L.A. Coliseum. Bo's on this run down the sideline and a Bengals linebacker named Kevin Walker grabs his leg, the back of his leg, as Bo is moving forward at, a, you know, obviously a high velocity. And the the he basically yanks the hip out of the socket. Oof. And it's a really bad injury. And actually, Bo kind of put his hip, wibble, wiggled his hip back in the socket, which is both gross and impressive. <laughs> and um, the injury is called a vascular necrosis. And it's basically... Um, the deadening of a body part so very quickly um your hip and the muscles around it start to die uh and he went for a um like a scan the next day and the doctor said uh you see all that black and there was a large pool of black like on the screen and Bo was like yeah and he said that is all blood so he had basically Whoa. all this blood pooling around to see if it's really disgusting and um yeah the raiders kind of botched it like uh he's sitting on the sideline toward the game, you know, at the end of the game and he's in the locker room after the game. And he should have been in modern times. He would have been rushed to a hospital as soon as he's out of that. Yeah.
0: Internal bleeding. I mean, you could, you could could die from
1: it. Yeah. They're lucky. He didn't sue him to be honest. It was really bad. And um, it's funny because the next week the Raiders played the Buffalo bills in the uh, AFC championship game and got absolutely demolished. And Bo was at that game on crutches, watching the game. And several newspaper writers ripped him, said, why isn't he playing? He doesn't want it. Todd Christensen, the former Raider tight end, was really hard on him. Uh, There was a lot of, have Marcus runs through a wall? Why won't Bo run through a wall? And uh, meanwhile, his, his hip is dying. So they were wrong.
0: Yeah, just incredible. And and I'll tell you, I think number one, Raider Nation, you have to buy the book, right? If you're a Raiders fan, uh, you have to go get this one, and make sure you also follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Perlman, also JeffPerlman.com. Before we let you go, Jeff, I think you know one of the the issues or one of the things with the with Bo Jackson too, is is just this um, sensed for me at least, and I don't know if you get this as well. I'm sure there's some other examples. But in a world today where we live uh, with with amazing athletes like LeBron James or, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Trout, these guys who uh, make a separate brand of themselves, Bo Jackson was the first guy to kind of do that before you had all these ways to do it, before you had your own channels like Twitter and Instagram uh, and all of these other things. That deal with Nike, he really was, and I guess, I don't know, he might... Uh, want to beat me for this, calling him this, but he was the grandfather of all that. Was he not?
1: Well, I'd say him and Michael
0: Jordan were Jordan, the first yes. two guys. Fair. Absolutely. Those are the
1: first two guys where um, it wasn't about the item. It was about the endorser of the item. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a cross trainer. The the shoe that Bo was a part of was a cross trainer. And Nike came up with this shoe several years pre-Bo. And they actually had Howie Long as one of the endorsers on a triathlon. And it did nothing. And they came up with this whole idea bow Bo Knows. Bo knows, Bo knows. And the thing is, he was not a charismatic speaker, and he had a stutter. So you couldn't have these commercials with a lot of Bo dialogue, and these commercials did not. And the big moment for Bo, uh, 1989 Major League All-Star game, Nike decides you're going to premiere this ad. Bo, you don't know Diddley ad. With all the different athletes saying, Bo knows soccer, Bo knows this. And um, in the first, that the the, uh, the Nike executives all gathered in Manhattan at Mickey Mantle's restaurant to watch a game. And the first inning of the All-Star Game, Bo Jackson leads off. Second pitch from Rick Russell. This is at Angel Stadium. He Gets just a massive home run to dead center.
0: Yep.
1: Ronald Reagan and Vince Scully in the booth. <laughs> and it's a beautiful, gorgeous Southern California day. And Bo is trotting around the bases like a champion. And in Mickey Mantle's restaurant, the Nike executives are losing their, their crap. And they're jumping up <laughs> and down and screaming and hugging. Because they know they just hit the marketing jackpot. And that was really the launch of Bo knows.
0: Yeah, a, a remarkable story, and really, there, there's no—I don't care how good a Hollywood writer is, you could not have scripted it better. You just could not have. I mean, it came no. all together so well, and it's it's an amazing story and an amazing book. Jeff, you do such great work. We appreciate you spending the time with us, and uh, we can't wait to see your next book.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: All right, there you go. Jeff Perlman. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Perlman, and also check out his website, Jeff Perlman dot com great great book make sure you pick it up all right we're going to step aside for a break when we come back we'll talk about sunday's game against the colts you're listening to silver and black today here on odyssey original podcast